Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Yay, though I endeavor to be snarky with our intros, let's just say that Jack and Earl have a bit to say about Star Trek Discoveries Season 2, Episode 12, Through the Valley of Shadows. You know what? The signal is really getting, getting, on my, getting on my nerves. I wonder if it's getting on my co-host's nerve. This is me, by the way, Jack Dorino. And I'm Earl Grey. And uh, here we are. Here we are once again. <laughs> we're, we're both kind of out of it today, aren't we? Are we? Are we I don't know. Maybe we are. <laughs> so, um, who directed this episode and who uh, produced or whatever? Or whatever he says. Okay. <laughs> so this came out on uh, April 4th, 2019. And it was written by... Bill Youngkin and Erica Lippold, which, which is a few people who I think are going to be uh, uh, helming the new Section 31 series when that starts. Um, here in this episode, you'll see some of the reason why, or have seen some of the reason why. And by the way, please, 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 if you, uh, if you haven't seen this episode or really the remainder of this season of Star Trek Discovery, I recommend listening to this episode because we're going to spoil it for you. There's only like another episode left. We go to complete spoiler territory on all of our episodes and we'll talk about everything freely. Do not watch, listen to our podcast if you haven't seen Star Trek Discovery Season 1 or Season 2. Um, and when we get to it, Season 3. And when we get to Picard, Season 1. And when we get to Lower Decks, Season 1. This okay. is... If you so it's wanna... going to be a task. I'm going to have to drop in uh, like red alert sounds between each one of those. So it's made clear. So I, I hope that I've done it right. Meep. Um, Meep. Let me know. But yeah, that's that's the one. That's hopefully the one. Uh, maybe I'll use the wah the uh, black one. I'll use a different one for each one. Oh. This is episode twenty-seven of forty-two produced thus far. This is the seven hundred and sixtieth episodes of Star Trek. Goodness. Previously on Enterprise. Oh wait. Previously on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh wait. Um, yes. The so last time again? on um, <laughs> last time when we had little Vulcan ships that we were flying around in, uh, and <laughs> we had Future Mom come back to pretend to be the mitochondrial DNA equivalent of her own daughter outside <laughs> okay. the outside of the. Um, Stargate facility in Colorado Springs <laughs> where they captured Icarus and they uh, captured held, who? they ca- captured Icarus Icarus, Icarus? the one who fell yeah the one who fell from the uh, from, the, uh, from way up high because his wings got too close to the sun you know all that oh okay yeah so they captured Icarus and uh, and then they were holding Icarus in exchange for the lightning and uh, the lightning came for them and then they i don't know what they did did they get rid of the lightning did they capture lightning in the bottle what did they do exactly if it's united federation of planets why don't there why aren't there drill mythology names for classes of starships or bajoran or uh betazoid names for classes of star treks starships yeah you know? that is a really good point actually or Vulcan mythology-based cl- starship name or classes, you know. One uh, 
fan theory though that I've heard recently is that starship names that start with USS are a united uh, crew, right? So it's a united starship. Okay. You have m- more than just humans, but there are there throughout out Starfleet history there have been ships that just start with SS starship. And um, his theory is if they don't have the U in the USS, then they're just human only ship. Um, and they're like maybe uh, just Starfleet pre-Federation starship or um, before full integration of the fleet. You know, it's just kind of hadn't quite started yet. You know, they were still getting used to the idea of having a, a united fleet. Continuity is great too. And like fleshing out things that uh, we've talked about but not quite seen are mm-hmm. pretty great. Like, so what, so what, what are they doing here that is a uh, continuity that they're talking about? Oh, like not right at the beginning of the episode. I was just thinking about the, the episode overall where, um, you know, because this is where we go and visit a Boreth and then Pike gets to see the vision, his vision of the future. Mm-hmm. So that's just like one main thing I like about the episode. I got to tell you one thing I don't like about the episode. <laughs> um, where we are in the episode as we are watching it currently. Uh, is that baby... Yeah. What what is that supposed to be? Is it supposed to be a pale blue Klingon baby? Um sure. Because it really just looks not like a baby. It looks like really like a model. A awesome. Oh, okay. Well, I mean that's what one thing that uh, they've always said about TV is it's hard to have babies on screen because they can only work for so long. Sure. Uh so they often do use uh puppet surrogate or a model surrogate or just yeah. a doll. So I imagine with Vogue's child though, Vogue's son, most explicitly, they would have to certainly use a, a model because who in the right mind is gonna allow their child to be filmed on screen with an extra penis glued onto its midsection? A extra penis glued onto its midsection? Yeah, you didn't know, have you, did you not notice the scene with, uh, like in the last episode of last season? Where like the cling, there's a Klingon peeing on the wall, and it's two streams coming on. No. My heavens! Oh no! Don't Klingons have Klingon. two penis eye. Yeah, yeah, that's according to. So they're like sharks. Do sharks as well? <laughs> yeah. They're they're like claspers. They can like hold the female still. I guess I don't. That know. is pretty wild. I uh, <laughs> I'm really I'm always really glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to see Laurel. I like for the second time this season or something. But uh, I, I get a sense of like, we're not really going to see you again very soon. Like for a while, ever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Notice how her forehead is uh, just very slightly ridged. It's not as ridged as Worf's is, but it's not as smooth as ours is. So well, that's, I mean, yeah, you got the whole makeup around her neck and up on the sides behind her ears and stuff but um you know that's where some of my head canon comes in that she's somewhere between the smooth forehead klingons and recovering from the genetic disease that was introduced um and regaining ridges it's not like they just immediately went right back to ridges in one day it's yeah 
generation really, uh, progressed. It's a very unique look, but it's a very like it's a very copied look in this series. You know, like they all have the same forehead for the most part. Well, yeah, but if they're recovering from a genetic, uh, an artificially created genetic disease, then they they might not have all the greatest definition and features, you know. Mm. Of course, one of the weird things I, I don't think I noticed this before, but she blue eyes. And I don't know I don't if know. Klingons, if they've ever showed a blue blue eye Klingon. Yeah, I don't know what would be the we. Yeah, so I do think I noticed that previously, but like, it was just a thing. Like, I, it was it is totally unnecessary. Like, hundred percent. I, I can't imagine why that that trait would come up. Wait, back up a second. There, did that guy still have on blue booties to keep the floor clean on the set? don't know give me a second it's very uh very very light gleamy right here it's very uh jj abrams through yeah. these corridors oh uh, the, that's why the let me turn off the subtitles so i can see it better uh, uh off are you scrubbing back and forth to find a particular spot? Yeah. <laughs> right there. Oh, maybe it's maybe it is led lens flurry. You know how like sometimes is they uh uh um um what do they call it when they a blooper? That makes it sure. onto onto screen. Sure. They accident mm -hmm. they went they accidentally filmed the feet, but the feet still have the uh, um, doctor booties on over their yeah. shoes to sure. protect them from making shoe clumpies. And I thought this guy was still wearing his booties in the background. Uh, he's way back there, but I, it must be just the lens flare that is flaring over his shoes. Although this other guy on. Oh no, that's Michael. Never mind. No, it's not. Wait. No, it's not Michael. But yeah, it's just more lens flare going on. Um, do you remember? I've I did uh, forget to point out in the last episode that did you notice the uh, wheelchair guy? I did notice that guy. I actually um had made a point to um to, to talk. I made a note to to talk about him. Uh, but I didn't quite get around to to mentioning him yesterday. Um, his name is uh, so I'm gonna butcher his last name, but his name is uh, George. Uh, excuse me, George. His name is George Elavizos. Okay. Uh, and he, I don't really know much about him beyond the fact that he is a well wheelchair user, um, and he is from Canada. And oh, the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, and he's playing a discovery engineer, you know. Okay. Uh, so, is he playing a human that is actually just paralyzed from the waist down, or is he playing an alien that can't walk in one g gravity? Sure, sure, sure. So he's playing uh, a wounded discovery sciences officer. Okay. 
and uh, I, I wanted to give the shout out for representation once again. I'm sure the yeah. Star Trek website does it very, very clearly and very bluntly themselves, but still mm-hmm. did want to mention that uh, during the last last episode. Okay. Um, uh, continuing with the uh, so okay. So are you? What time stamp are you about to now? I'm at twelve oh one, and I'm paused right there. Okay, so I am at. I'm at. What's wrong? It's this black screen. Oh, I hate it when that happens. You're trying to scroll, and it's like it gives you blank screen shots, and it's like well, I can't okay, see so, what I'm scrolling to. Okay, so where? So so okay, so you're you're, not, you're at twelve what now? Twelve zero one. Okay, so I'm gonna go right there and just let me know whenever you're ready to push plays and all that jazz. Three, two, one, play. Right, right. So yeah, so this big, I did like that big heavy door opening thing. For some reason, it gave me like the sense of a, uh, of like a reading a Star Trek novel. Like, I felt like you always like come across that sort of like brand adventure sort of moment. You know what I mean? Okay. In, in the in the novels, made me think of that a lot. Yeah. Well, and I was yeah. just stricken how much of an Earth church this looks like. You know, it, did they rent a church or did they actually build this as a set? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I'm, I'm, I'm prone to think that most of it is CGI anyway. Yeah. Um, and they've just uh, put them in an environment. To be honest. Uh, well, I mean, I could see it being a lot easier just to kind of film in the church and censor out any Earth religious iconography. Sure, but what is that exactly? Because like the the fires could be considered that the the um, arched ceilings could be considered that, you know? Well, obviously, so like right here, they're looking over the shoulder of the blue Klingon with the headdress. And you can see those windows. In a church, those windows would be stained glass windows and not just regular windows with orange light behind them. So Uh, they would have had to change those from... And then most of the stained glass windows in a church are going to have a religious representation of a biblical scene, uh, assuming you're talking about a Christian church and um, or a Jewish synagogue. And so you would just wipe out and make, get rid of the scenes of Adam and Eve eating the apple or, uh, you know, Noah and the flood and leading the animals to the ark or or whatever so you know because obviously it's a klingon structure so they're not going to have those kind of imagery imagery on yeah, their no doubt. planet no doubt. um so hang a green screen behind him in the building that they're already filming in and replace the windows with whatever they wanted sounds easy enough uh this this klingon uh is you know being once again played by the uber Klingon like every everything on that that happens they have this guy playing you know Kenneth Mitchell huh 
so he played like he played like four and uh, uh um uh, uh cole i mean he played cole the one with the red like paint on the face and then cole saw his father and now he's playing the son of uh them two people you know Vulcan. okay Vulcan I, I guess i was thinking i mean kevin michael richardson's played played a lot of klingons too or no, who am I thinking of? Who played Worf's brother Kern? Tony Todd. And it was also the Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tony Todd the Candyman. Bad with me. But then Yeah, Tony Todd's great. I uh, I always enjoyed seeing him as Kern. Um I even enjoyed seeing him as uh, as old Jake Sisko. Okay, yeah, he was on that. I was just hesitant for a second there to say that he yeah. was old Jake Cisco. Now, who played uh, uh, Cisco's father? Oh wow, you know I don't remember his name, uh, but um, yeah, I feel like I did. I feel like I feel like I saw. Uh, 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 I don't. I don't want to speak his his, his death into me. So Joseph Cisco, Joseph, yeah. Joseph Cisco. Uh, I don't know who played him. I don't know who played him. Uh, Said the guy who's always got memory alpha running in the background. Wow. Oh, is this the scene where um, uh, Doctor Man beats up uh, Spy Klingon Man? Uh, yeah, I think we're about to get there. Uh, I got to oh, tell you, what do you, what, what's your take on Linus? On who? Oh wait, no. Didn't we already do that scene? Did we already do that scene? What? No. Wait. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I do remember talking about that before. I don't know what scene this is, but. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, this. There's Nelson like, there. Just... I the two. What's your uh, What's your take on Linus? Linus is the doctor I was just talking about. No, no. Linus is the uh, historian. Um. The big fish guy. Oh, with the side, with the eyes. Sure, sure, um, yes. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, he's an interesting character. I couldn't hear what they were talking about just now, because they got it turned down so so low that, you know, I don't. We don't want to be get get a copyright strike or something. But, um, I um, it's an interesting character, and the sideways um, light uh, uh um. The blinking sure, but I mean that's just like uh, cool, but... sort of like uh, sort of like the Zahians. Zahians? Yeah, 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 like the queen. She does a little sideways blink thing. I don't, I don't know that race. Uh, that was from an episode uh, well back uh, that we that we did. Jeez, uh, do I? Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, did we do that one? I don't know. No, but um. Like... You know, I, I like the callback to just that he is a part of the crew and he's going to show up from time to time. And this is the same character that was on the, the random appearance on the uh, elevator and he sneezed on somebody. Uh, Michael, maybe. Probably, it was probably uh, the guy, probably uh, Connolly, the guy who got, guy who, uh, got shot, got killed. Oh, maybe. 
but um yeah i just i i mean i i enjoyed seeing him the, the character i don't know too much about him you know it's at, at this point in the series i've just kind of started to accept that Discovery's just going to throw stuff at me that is like, well, I've never seen those before. And this is before TNG and before the original series. And, you know. Yeah, they're, they are bound and determined to do their, their own fair share of uh, retconning. Their own fair share of what? Redconning. Retconning? Okay. Yeah. I you know everybody's going to. Had some had some new stuff on, which is cool. I, I think I, I think I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I mean, when when there's allegedly thousands of races in the in the Federation by the time of the next generation, and hypothetically still thousands of races in the Federation even in Kirk's time, then it seems to me like there's always opportunities for you know, just some new alien race that we haven't seen before on camera. That sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's my hope that we take some of that, we get to see what some of those uh, 50 new alien species that were that were shown in uh, Beyond might be. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I have to see Beyond again. You know, I've never gotten around to purchasing I only have the the 2009 movie and Into Darkness. Uh, yeah, I think Beyond is my favorite of that trilogy. Okay. Um, there's just a lot to it, and uh, the 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 giant star base and the the uh, I think uh, I think a little bit of a tech geek I think maybe sometimes, which is why like sometimes uh-huh. the tech geek stuff that happens wrong on movies really bugs me, which okay. is why I have that problem with Nemesis. The callbacks. To themselves are pretty awesome too so they just did a call back to um like the very first episode of discovery where you see the same guy that's now in a space suit uh blown open or whatever oh okay the guy that michael's hugging right now sure 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 and the reason you know it's first episode is because her hair is done in the way that you only see on that first episode it's like she uh, she got thrown in jail and she could no longer afford afford her weave. Afford, but we all know there's no such thing as money in space. Oh no, yeah, so I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. <laughs> just she don't just know if I can you know just it. maybe maybe she uh, um, got it made fun of too much in, in in jail or pulled too much in jail and um decided okay well I'm just gonna get rid of it and or maybe maybe she was forced to cut it this way in jail and just never has decided to you know let it grow back to the way it was before you know like um you know, you, you you had to shave in the in the navy, right? No, I actually didn't. So I I got this thing uh, when I was in there called a no shave shit because I was able to prove that like I was able to show I was able to get like word from my doctor that uh like every time I shaved it would create razor bumps and that would be like uh, 
it would just it would be tantamount to like a really huge rash like across okay. my whole face and it's something that like my father had suffered and ended up with like yeah. you know a, a dark really dark patch um right where his beard would be and my brother started to experience the same thing and so i was uh, very wary of it of, of of that so i went to like the um i went to the to uh you know sick bay immediately upon my arrival up at a new base and was like hey listen i gotta i can't be shaving every day so i so i was able to just like um i know use a um use a uh a clipper on a oh, daily okay. basis which is great everybody like a lot most people had to like be clean shaven so yeah but you you kept your it really short though oh sure yeah uh-huh but oh, you getting it yeah now today do you do you have a big poofy beard as Santa oh, no. Claus beard or you nope, still sure keep don't. it trim short still keep it trim short okay and so you got used to trimming it or shaving it um sure. in the military and you just kept on doing that uh, yeah, I think that it doesn't really, uh, I don't think it really connects fully to, I think it's like a little patchy sometimes. I think it's a little patchy. Well, but do you, do you get the analogy that I'm trying to make here? No. <laughs> I think you're toying with me now. No, I really don't get it. Like, because she got used to her hair the one way in prison, she just it, accepts it being that way and she just keeps oh, on doing sure. it that way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess, you know, not having a weave is a lot less work. It looks like really she could probably sleep on what she has up there right now. Yeah. So, um, that's what she's getting at. Because, you know, she probably wouldn't be able to sleep on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even she remember that haircut. So I'm not sure what you're talking about anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, I'll, uh, post, I'll post a link in the show's description. Ding. Oh. One thing like not not discovery for is the visual effects. They do a really great job of visual effects. Yeah. Um, but also, it seems as if maybe like... So this like, is the scene where he's about to take the rock, though, and uh, yeah, he's going to eventually... Pike is about ready to get his time stone, and... Yeah, it's so... Um, it's so movie-like, this, this show. It's so like yeah. cinematic. I think that's what I'm looking for. I love the rock bridge, and... I do not like... Klingon glove hands they seem really like glove hands you know what I mean like the oh, tips are not flexible uh-huh. you know they can't use the entire hand they can't use the entire mm-hmm. finger so it just makes it seem like a rubbery mess oh okay seems really unnecessary like they're wearing literal rub- rubber gloves and that's sure I mean it's because they are <laughs> he, he's looking at a mountain of kryptonite it's all glowy green crystals yeah, so I guess now we see what those crystals floating all through the front of the show are, right? Oh, I never connected that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have these crystals floating all through all through the opener of the show that kind of like... Uh, I guess they're meant to reveal something about this, this season. Yeah, but I mean, they were there in season one, weren't they? Uh, were they there? I'm not sure. I don't really recall. I think they were. I mean, so that means that hypothetically, uh, you probably already know, but 
and, and I'm you're probably not going to tell me, but wouldn't we still be there in, in the credits for season three? Yeah, so um, I really, really liked seeing this little this little park hike montage. I couldn't figure out what it was about it, and I think it's that like it was never quite explained. And it's weird that it's like a very similar scenario to like the opening of uh, what was it, uh, Star Trek Two. When everybody was uh, was was oh, uh, yeah. at the academy, and they had like the fake, they had the fake me out. Everybody dies scene. Mm-hmm. So that when they spoiled the uh, death of Spock, they thought, oh well, it was just you know this fake academy scene, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, then lo and behold, the Spock really did die, and but they gave you a that the, hey that's referencing our last episode and red herrings there yeah. is a red herring in star trek yeah. that red herring that red herring was a great idea because i'm sure like for many people the movie would have been ruined <laughs> but then i wonder if anybody ruined the the Look red herring melty face Ooh. yeah yeah the 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 remake of uh, of pike's chair and stuff was uh, is one thing that yeah, i think it was yeah, they did a pretty good job of making that. Very, yeah. Uh, well, and, yeah, and and you gotta wonder how um, the original makeup would have looked if they didn't have the censor saying, "Oh, that's too gory." You can't sure. put that I on mean, TV. It, even and that was very similar. On TV to sixty years later. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, in a in a sense the, the, the makeup. The whole, uh, uh-huh. Makeup, yeah. The, what? the uh, uh, what was I saying? The makeup from uh, from the original version was pretty. The whole uh, beepy thing will beep once. Yeah. Really? The makeup or the chair? Uh, wait, what was I saying? Oh, I just I thought of something. Uh huh. What's up? The wheelchair guy from the last episode. Um, kind of connects to the idea that there are wheelchairs, and that's why oh. Pike is in a wheelchair. That is super even interesting. Though, even though, um, so that's that that's to reconnect and show that maybe it's just um, within the last hundred years of TNG that maybe they figured out how to, you know, get people to walk again or whatever so sure um, I think it shows the I think it's a continuity piece so that even in the early 23rd century that this takes place in they still haven't quote cured paraplegia yet or other spine injuries well you know that being the case what oh I guess you could have the choice to be like to be that or to be like uh, held up like uh, like Arium Mm-hmm. As I would yeah, assume that, that's that... a possibility. So, uh, let's see. This... Oh, yeah, so interestingly, uh, Perpetual Infinity was the last episode that uh, George L. Levizos was in. Okay. So it does seem like maybe they had him to legitimize the idea of Pike's chair. Okay. Interesting. And I was in, you know, because uh, otherwise people might be saying, "Well, why is Pike 
confined to a wheelchair. Well, yeah, when if, we have things like Arium. Yeah, or theme things like you know, uh, the the lady on DS9 that can just wear an exosuit. Yeah, Melora Pazlar was 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 definitely one as well. You know. Uh, <laughs> this is a all funny this... scene. She's just coming in here so that she can talk to Doctor Guy and now, where did where did this this engineer lady come from? She came from the other ship that was on Crash. Yeah, on, so uh... Jet Reno. Yeah, we we picked up Jet Reno uh, from the USS Hiawatha. Okay. Uh, which was when we saw, which was when uh, the Red Angel came to Michael Burnham after she got blown on the other side of the door while everybody else was transporting. Yeah. Right before okay. she tried to bring that dark matter back with her. Mm hmm. And I tell you what, she is hilarious. I really well, like the character. The other thing I, I, that I don't quite get is did she transfer to the Discovery then after? After she was rescued by the yeah, Discovery. I guess one would assume that she that she must have transferred over, requested transfer, just you know, is staying on for the remainder of the mission or something, you know, as opposed to like, I mean, she has no ship, her ship has been crashed. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're I mean, where else to? May as well stay where she's already at. I suppose. Yeah. You know, like uh, I imagine she's probably going to be pretty loyal to the to the ship that uh ship that saved her. Yeah. You know? You'd figure there'd be a well, in a modern day sense, there'd be a transition period. You know, you you'd rescue somebody, take them back to dry land, and they'd go through a what like a debriefing period, and then. Sure. I mean, that would make sense if uh, if you know, if, I guess if it were convenient. Oh, okay. Like if it's if it's inconvenient to the ship's mission at the time, then I guess you would just press on. But I don't know. That's just um, I have no idea. That's just me trying to uh, come up with with something. Um, okay. But you know, there is a thing about you know if you are if you're uh, if you're if someone you know falls off the ship, like even if you're an aircraft carrier, like if someone's if someone falls off the, if if on an aircraft carrier, if someone falls off the ship or someone jumps off the side of the ship or whatever, uh-huh. like they keep going. Oh. Like, there's no way to slow it down fast enough to get to that person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. At least that was the myth I had always heard. I've never been on an aircraft carrier when they when they uh, when they uh, lost someone. But I was in port when someone jumped off the side of the ship and was never seen again. I think it was while they were pulling out of pulling out of port, or pulling into port. Did they jump off intentionally? It's my understanding that yeah. Yeah, they jumped off. Oh. Uh, okay. With the intention of going for a swim, or with the intention of having a permanent disposal? Yeah, no, I think they were uh, disposing. Kind of I think they were just disposing of themselves at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm trying to look up this. Oh, this is the one. Uh, Although I, I've been on the, um the big E, the uh, CVN, uh, CVN 60, what is it? The nuclear powered enterprise. And I know I said nuclear. Uh, CVN 65. 65. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I was going to say 605, but it's 65. Yeah. Yep, I've and been there. Um, uh, it's a, it's, it's a long way down. So I could imagine. Yeah. I sure mean, is. Mythbusters kind of 
prove the uh, solidness of, <laughs> ironically, the solidness, the the, um, the unforgivingness of water when you impact it at a great height. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's I, it's like a brick. It's like hitting a brick wall. I could imagine it would be like just like falling off a tall building and hitting the cement. Oh yeah, very much the same. Well, it depends on how you land. Like if you have, if you're nice and so I've so I've jumped off the side of a ship before. Not a ship quite that quite that big, but I definitely <laughs> jumped off the side of a of a ship, and it was pretty far, um, like terrifyingly far. Like I uh -huh. don't think I've ever jumped from anywhere that high before. We had um, seals, and like Navy seals on the water to help us do swim qualifications, and just stepping off the side of that ship and just like just feeling how far down into the water I went was really quite a thing like there's like okay. a little bit of terror that comes up you know because it's like I'm really just like in the middle of the ocean there are no sides to the pool for me to find there's <laughs> no know? bottom of the pool to find yeah at all at all <laughs> I I uh, I've never jumped off of been in in a boat in the middle of a body of water uh and jumped off in, into the water for to go for a swim. I've yeah. So I recommend the I recommend the first part. Maybe not the second part. Like the jumping off, eh, I could have done without it. You know, but like mm -hmm. being out there, you gotta be twenty miles out so you don't see anything from any shore, and huh. uh, and it's just great. It's a great morning. It's a great afternoon. It's a great sunset. It's a great sunrise. It's a great nighttime. It's beautiful. Oh well, yeah. I'd love to be like. I mean, my friend. My other friend that um, he was on the USS Nautilus, mm -hmm. and it, it, I guess in '01. Um, no, that's that doesn't. Well, anyway, he was on the USS Nautilus, and uh, he talked about being in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the ocean, at night, and all the lights on the deck are off or whatever. And just looking up at the sky and <clears throat> no light pollution for miles and miles uh kilometers sure. and kilometers and uh just looking up at the sky and i yeah I, so when I you look I up you can actually really see like the edge of the uh, the edge of the galaxy because you can see where the stars are like more densely populated it's like extremely extremely clear yeah. where the plane yeah. of the galaxy is. i mean i i've amazing. seen that before from land so i mean that's not Anything I've I have seen. I've definitely never seen that from land at all. Oh, I have. You were but... anywhere, like far enough away from like a city or <laughs> some, some habitation. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know if I've had a special experience, but I, I've been able to see that from land. It might not be as prevalent as it might be when you're in the middle of the ocean, in the, you know, in the middle of the night, but... Um... So, random question, yeah. just to completely change the subject real quick. They just faded to black for like two seconds. So just really quickly, that's not changing the Did subject. Did they insert a commercial? That's actually getting back on the subject. That is. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, well, don't know if it you was know changing that... the subject that we were on to we're the doing subject this, of the show. show thing. Yeah, um, so there were a couple things about that. So I noticed like the puncture in the eyeball, like why does it have to be controls way in? Like why does it have to go through your eyeball? Yeah. And then secondly, yeah, it was a very strange fade to black. I think it was made to create suspense. Yeah. You know, okay. like to a point where it's like, oh my God, what happened to the TV? And then it comes back and you're like, oh. Well, and there were, I mean, I think when you, 
when um, the person who was paying for my uh, CBS All Access, I think when they first got the account, they signed up for an account that was at a lower tier that still had inserted commercials. Or at mm-hmm. least when I was watching it on my computer rather than on, you know, since then I've gotten a Roku. Uh, so it did insert one or two ads about in the middle of the episode. Yeah, so uh, you got to do, you got to do it without commercials. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so good with, like, you get that second, that moment to breathe and then it, like, stretches out the show a little bit. You know, I always did, like, like back in the day when, you know, when... TNG was coming out on Thursdays and repeating on Saturday in my area. Um, mm-hmm. I did enjoy having the commercial break to like think about what had just happened, figure out what was going to come next, you know, all that. So that okay. might be contributing a little bit to my perception of the like super fast pace of the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you barely have time to like well, swallow anything for the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know. In other countries, particularly, I'm thinking of the UK, but I think possibly over in Japan, they don't have commercial interruptions in the middle of the show. Your commercials are between the show. Um, or, well, in Japan, some of the anime I watch, they have, there's a pause in, in the show, and there's a little mini animation that kind of indicates where the commercial break would be. Um, so they don't fade to black and then fade back in they they do a little animation to tell you know kind of a cue to the tv station this is where the commercial goes they only have one commercial break apparently in japan i'm guessing um but in the uk in the uk they don't have any commercial breaks until the end of the show uh in the uk i've seen people talk about this on youtube apparently it's a law that you can't have a commercial break so coming over like there's a youtube channel called the law fund he he talks about the differences between the uk and 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 the united states um and then there's another youtube channel um i'm trying to remember the guy's name i want to flip over to youtube but i know we're trying to keep up the same point in the video but um he I think he was the first one who mentioned it that I heard but um so then when they're bringing stuff over like Doctor Who it's hard for the American TV to say hey we where do we insert the commercials here you know because there's no cue to like a fade to black Sure, sure. Yeah, you got to be very, very careful about where they go. Um, there's a what is it like Pluto TV? I think that uh, that shows stuff with commercials, and every once in a while they have a very strange commercial break. Really? That's like it's either in the middle of something or like before the end of the credits, and then when you come back, there's a little bit of credits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that. It's like even on. Uh, like it, when when I was a kid watching cartoons as a kid, you know they they'd always say after these messages we'll be right back, mm-hmm. and they come back. And the only thing they show is you're all excited because there's more show, but the only thing they show after the credits or the commercial is the credits. It's like I don't need to see this. This is just words. I don't want words. I want pictures because <laughs> I read too slowly and I think reading is a chore. 
or apparently that's what I must have been thinking back then. But, uh... So, back to, uh, back to control and its little battles. <laughs> these, yeah. these, these, um, these uniforms, I tell you, they're, they're so one and the same sometimes. It's like just a bunch of blue lines on the screen. Um, I do so miss the, uh, widely varying colors of the Next Generation bridge. Yeah. Yep. Like pretty much the whole, all of the, the color scheme for like all of the graphic user interfaces were like pastels and uh, then the uniforms are like bright and bold yep. and then like the walls and you know, the, the, the walls and the floor and all that were, were, were variable, but also like kind of pastels. So it was like a very contrasty thing, a very contrasty uh, brightness to it that we don't quite get here. I think, I think yeah. most of, most of discovery tends to be like gold or, you know, yeah. like sepia tones, which is okay. Yep. Well, and this this episode is very lens flary. I don't know. I don't seem to. Re I remember it a little bit from some of the other episodes, but mm -hmm. I don't seem to remember it as much in um, as many of the other episodes. Or well, letting letting parts of the foreground interfere with the parts of the background that is actually what we're supposed to be focusing on in the first really really yeah like this is that's happening a lot in this episode i'm wondering if that's for a reason like i'm wondering if that's i don't know just for a reason or is that like a directoral thing uh, mm -hmm. if i uh if i don't recall who uh if i don't recall who directed this episode you'll have to forgive me that's okay i don't think i ever really like looked at it i knew who it was written by and that kind of excited me because of who it is uh, i think we're about to get to mm -hmm. them point though where we were gonna find out again really quick wow is this the uh was that that was the whole uh the whole thing huh <laughs> i guess so oh that's pretty impressive yeah so that's pretty quick uh so directed by doug arniakowski arniakowski and uh, let's, let's look and see that? what other what other episodes he's directed because uh, well, uh okay so he did uh the sound of thunder and lethe I do remember Lethe is being very, very shiny and bright. That was the one where Sarex and the shuttle on shuttle blows up. Oh. Uh, the brightest star, of course, was very was very lens flary. That was him also. Hmm. Um, the You're not talking about thunder. episodes I haven't seen yet. Funny, what's that? You're not talking about episodes I haven't seen. No, no, yet, no, no, right? no. These are all. Yeah, he is. He's 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 done. These are uh, Lethe. I think is a first season episode, and uh, okay. Sound of Thunder is. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. Yeah, Lethia is uh, season one, episode six. Sound of Thunder, season two, episode six, and uh, Through the Valley of Shadows, this one. Right. So all of those actually are very lens flary. Hmm. Um, Lethe because there's a lot of like outside in the in the uh, in the star space, and you know blow up stuff, and then the Sound of Thunder because we're very um, also the brightest star. So those two episodes were filmed both on the Kaminar set. You know they yeah. had they had a camera set ready for both of those, so I guess it would make sense to have the same guy direct both of them. But yeah, both of those are kind of lens flary at, at points. Yeah. Because that's uh, that might be his style. Let me go ahead and blame it on uh, Doug Arniakowski. I mean, it uh, certainly could be. Maybe he likes J.J. Abrams' Star Trek style. I don't know. Could be. Uh, or maybe so, uh, he's trying to mimic it to bring some continuity back. I don't know. 
could be that also. Uh, so there's uh, so he's also he's directed uh, some Criminal Minds and some of Arrow and some of the Flash. Okay. Uh, so I could see him, uh, you know, leaning towards the lens flary stuff because that's what we're seeing more of these days, mm-hmm. more recently. So that uh, that episode, you know, the uh, through the Valley of Shadows, it was really just about seeing Pike's Pike's uh, disfigurement, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. It's that's uh, pretty interesting. I think that 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 could have been like one that we we like kind of because we already fought control, right? And then she's fighting control again. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like we may have like just shoved that page in there so that we could <laughs> let you guys know, hey, listen, we heard you about this whole uh, this whole Captain Pike thing. So we're gonna do this extra episode so that you know <laughs> that we're gonna use all these sets and all this stuff because they did they like they do have some extra sets in there. That they didn't have before, so and, and they did build this whole. I mean, they built a whole Enterprise bridge for for one. What what extra sets? Uh, they built an Enterprise bridge. They built some Enterprise corridors, and they built the the training the training facility. Well, uh, for the next episode. Uh, for the <laughs> next series. The next series. Yeah. No? Oh, do you not know about this? I guess this would be the time. This would be the time to talk about this. Sure. Yeah. Please so, inform me. Yeah. So at some place, sometime around, uh, you know, when these episodes. Spoilers come out, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It, drop in your sometimes red. Sometimes I don't and black even want to know here. about new series because it's like, okay, the title is just spoilery, you know. Well, okay, so so I'm gonna so if you don't want to hear about it, I, you should not listen because I'm going to spoil it right now. <laughs> I, you can go ahead and tell me because you've told me about all the other new series is supposedly so, coming too. So right around this time, uh, I don't know the exact time it was. It was in uh, it was in August. Uh, it was in April. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was uh, it was August. It was July. I don't know. Sometime sometime around last year. Uh, it, it was like around May, right? So just after we all went inside for for the rest of the year, uh, <laughs> a couple months after that, uh, CBS Studios announced that they were going to do a new Star Trek television series, and it was going to be starring Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romaine. Okay. And this new series is going to be called Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Okay. The uh, the official announcement says that the series follows Captain Pike, science after Spock, and number one in the decade before Captain Kirk boarded the USS Enterprise as they explore strange new worlds around the galaxy. So I'm hoping that we're a little more episodic on this one because the breakneck pace of keeping up with multiple story threads for a season is yeah. uh, it's starting to grate on me just a little bit. Like I like my Deep Space Nine, <laughs> but I also like my TNG. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, give me a slow yeah. unfold. Yeah, like I can tell you know, by the change in Wesley uniform, this is not then, but it really doesn't matter as much. You know, there's not like wholesale changes to the show because it's in a different year or time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I did read somewhere that uh, uh, the executive producer, Akiva Goldsman, uh, said that it, he imagined it closer to, to uh, the original series than Deep Space Nine. And he wants to oh, tell okay. like closed in stories. However, yeah. I'm going to balance him saying that by saying that uh, Akiva Goldsman also said that uh, Discovery is not in the Prime Universe and that Discovery fans will not see Spock. Which he said this before season two and then season two happens. So who knows? I don't know whether to take Akiva Goldsman on his word. Uh, 
uh, about well, upcoming but Star then Trek. I've heard that Discovery is in the Prime Universe. Oh, no, it is. That's correct. It is in the Prime Universe, and we did see Spock. So my point is that yeah. Akiva Goldsman might be a questionable source. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, so in last August, uh, Alex Kurtzman said that Strange New Worlds was was meeting. They, they were meeting, the, the writer's room was meeting weekly, uh, you know, online yeah. during the whole pandemic. And, uh, and he yeah. wanted to start filming in this year. Okay. Isn't that great? Yeah. I think it's pretty great. I, uh, yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to a super episodic uh, Star Trek series. I think it'll be great. Um, so maybe uh, like a direct, maybe the Christopher Pike series that we never got because they fired uh, um, uh, Jeffrey Hunter. Jeffrey Hunter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only, only more, uh, more refined, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That might be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be pretty dope. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I think it might be the best one of the uh, of the of the set of new ones. Well, I I gotta give uh, gotta give Picard that that seat just because you know of the of the heart the heart feels all that stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really enjoyed uh, Lower Decks, but. Uh, you know, I I do, but I, uh, I don't know. I need I need more of it. I think is what okay. it is. Okay. Because it's it's a little it just feels a little short to me for some reason. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to it. It goes on for a while, but uh, yeah, this feels a little short. Well, I mean, aren't they half an hour episodes? I I'm not sure. I do believe so, though. Or 28 minutes or whatever. I can't imagine watching an hour worth every episode that would be a whole lot It'd be great though <laughs> yeah and my mind would be mush by the end of it mush mush yes why why is that watching an hour of uh animated star trek well i don't know i don't know if i could take it a lot what about you've never watched uh hour more than an hour of uh animated something Sure, sure, but I'm talking oh, okay. about animated Star Trek. Like, I'd be drooling right. by the end of it, you know. <laughs> okay. One of the things that kind of has irked me a little bit ever since, um, well, what, mm -hmm. they, the, the, the new stuff is so into themselves with the uh, Starfleet Delta. But what do you mean? The original design was that each starship, each posting had its own badge. Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely that. Yep, I do remember that. So the Enterprise so I, had its own badge. It was the Starfleet Delta. Until mm -hmm. that the Enterprise missions, I mean, they explained to in canon that, the, that Kirk's missions were so famous that they decided to make it that everybody had the same badge. Well, sure. but that means that prior to Kirk, like with Enterprise, or anything, I mean, I guess Lower Decks is okay, because that's obviously post-TNG. But with Discovery, they should have their own badge. And yeah. Section 31 should have their own badge, because they're a different ship. 
That's absolutely agreed. Absolutely um, agreed. So they had their own badge, if you remember, in the beginning of the series, and then for some reason we, we made an about face. <laughs> well, Discovery didn't have their own badge. Uh, they still had the Starfleet no, Arrowhead. But uh, Section 31 did. They did? They were. Right at the beginning, someone says, hey, or right when they first get on Discovery, someone says, hey, a black badge. Ever seen one of those? And then we never see them again. We never talk yeah, about the, them again. Yeah, they're, but they're black, now, but they're still in the shape of the Starfleet Arrowhead. Sure, sure, sure. But the so, black is a huge thing. Oh, well, you know, we do see them again because uh, what's his name has one. Uh, yeah. Tyler has one later on. He tossed one at, uh, at Mr. Pike. Yep. But, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, the the badge should be a different shape completely, you know. Yeah, an entirely different emblem, absolutely. But absolutely. Um, well, and then you know, on on in the uniforms of uh, the JJ verse, the Kelvin timeline uh, uniforms, that little Starfleet arrowhead is all through their whole uniform, and it's like, why? Why do you why do you have to plaster it everywhere? Oh sure, Maybe. yeah. Uh, the way it's woven through, like all, all through the sides and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's also all over the uh, the Kelvin uniforms. Yeah, yeah, yep. And it's like, um, they did, did they, you know, forget? Did they ignore this? You know, why? Why? I mean, it was easy enough in the '60s to create a different uh, delta for every ship. You know, I think they just decided to to never mind that one. Huh. Maybe, maybe their explanation... Well, I'm, I'm going to create my headcanon now. So my headcanon now is that some ships have special badges. Hmm. Like star bases might have a different thing. Certain, like, okay. colonies might have a certain thing. Okay. Well, but... Um, the NX-01 had a different badge than uh, the NX-02. And the NX-03. The Columbia had a different badge than the Enterprise. Well, I guess the Columbia was a really special ship then. Um, and I but think I've seen uh, designs for uh, the other NX ships, class ships too. But yep, definitely had their own uh, their own special badge for some special reason. I just don't know yet. <laughs> Must be. I mean, it was certainly like a mission patch, like NASA mission patches. So, I mean, that was a part of it. But And they were closer to NASA than they were to Starfleet. Oh, sure. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Which so, hate. hey, for those of us who don't know, especially me, do you, since you read everything, all the news on all this stuff, uh, when are when are season two of Lower Decks and Picard coming out? So that's a great question. Uh, that is uh, held up by the uh, by the uh, pandemic, okay. of course. Um, Lower Decks, I'm sure, is doing a little bit is moving a little bit faster than Picard. But let us consider the, that uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, excuse me, Sir Patrick Stewart, is a seventy plus year old man. Yeah, and that we should be very cautious with him and uh, coronavirus. Well, you know, I mean, he can survive on the top of the Paramount. That's true. That's true because he's very strong. You know, he can pull himself up 
he can pull himself up by his arms, you know, solely from the bottom of engineering to the bridge. So yeah. Singing for Jacques the whole way. So, <laughs> so. On the other hand, I mean, he did. He he is awful secluded up there from um, everybody else until everybody else shows up. I mean, he's like the only one at the top of the world there. But yeah, you know, well, I mean, he's been here for a while. He's he's been here for a long while, right on top of the mountain, yeah. the, the Paramount Mountain, because he has he ever since the uh, what nineteen eighty seven because that came out and it was like it had a whole Paramount tag on it, right? Well, I mean, I, I guess. So, uh, okay, so let's talk about let's talk about Lower Decks. So, Lower Decks season yeah. two has been ordered, and okay. it's on the way. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about a uh, about a release date yet. I gotta okay. tell you, um, I have heard that it's been being worked on, okay. and uh, the the uh, what was the thing? Uh, yeah. So Boimler uh, leaving yeah. and. Leaving Cerritos and taking promotion on another on another ship. Yep. Uh, they're gonna have to reconcile all those changes and the whole thing about mom is my captain. There, all of that's gonna have to be focused on with, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, with this new one. Uh, so we are talking about 2021, however. Um, once so upon a time, CBS was saying that that it could come immediately after uh, season three finishes, but that has not happened yet. Yeah. So hoping that uh, hoping that sometime soon we'll we'll hear some so a little more a little more news. Okay. Okay. And uh, okay. So um, what was the last thing? So uh, so then Picard, right? Yeah. Who knows? The uh, the second season has a whole like showrunner change. So who knows where okay. that goes? Um, but they do see because uh, I mean it was start for a second there it was starting to seem like Discovery they were just throwing us new shows and we were getting our brand new season but you know almost like with comic books every once in a while comic books Superman starts over with issue one because they yeah, know absolutely. issue one sells yeah hundred percent but issue one twenty three doesn't sell so they say okay well we'll scrap it and start a little so they're just you know, oh, pr- a brand new premiere, brand new show. Yeah, okay, I'll watch that. But then they're like throwing it at the walls and see what sticks. But we're only ever going to get one season. And it's like, but I enjoyed that. You know, let's get season, let's get on with season two. You know. Sure enough, uh, they there was this and crazy then, idea I, that I heard. Go ahead. There's I, this I got cra- this impression that maybe. I got this so impression think, that there was these shows that were just starting with the season one, and now you're telling me about like two or three other new series that are starting for Star Trek. It's like pretty soon we're going to get Star Trek Burnout. Uh, you're just talking about a, a show just focused on Section 31. You're talking about a show that focuses on uh, the original series before Kirk. You're um, and you've already mentioned to me about a, another animated show that is going to be on Nickelodeon. It's going to be aimed at kids. Yeah, so a great thing is that there are different showrunners for each show. So it's not the same yeah. team pumping out the same stuff. Um, so it's yeah. like, so so the, every show has a very different feel to it, you know? Okay. Which which yeah. is great. Um, they talked about this. So this crazy thing that I heard them discussing, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. I think it was uh, uh, Alex Kurtzman. So they, they said that they 
wanted to so that they had been able to work on like a season two and possibly a season three and they considered filming the two seasons at the same time okay because the stories were different yeah right so they would conceivably like release two seasons like in very rapid succession because they're filming two so you're talking about picard now yes okay um, now those uh, Discovery is a little easier because they're filmed in Toronto, but uh, Picard is filmed in LA, oh, so okay. LA has to be like you know open and allowing people to go to work in order to do yeah the uh, you know the thing yeah the filming. Well, are you sure they're not filming in Lavar, France? One hundred percent. Uh, so Jerry Ryan has been the has been the huge like source of information for this stuff. Uh, so she actually mentioned that she she confirmed that she was returning for the second season. Cool. Um, and because like there's that relationship. Between, mm, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Right. So she has a purpose to be on the show. And uh, originally she said like a couple months ago she said they were going to start filming in February on the first, but on the first she actually tweeted out that they they had they had their filming delayed there as well. So. Uh-huh. Okay. So we shall see. We shall yeah. see. Right. It's supposed to be. Uh, it's supposed to be ten episodes again, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, how are you gonna have burnout if your seasons are only ten episodes long? Well, you're right, but um, ten episodes seasons is kind of short too. That's kind of gotten annoying too because I'm used. To, you know, I grew up in a time when a season was, you know. Well, Thundercats, for God's sakes, was 65 episodes in season one alone. And that was yeah. an episode, a new episode every night of the five-day work week. Um, although, I mean, that's a different culture making that at a different time. But, um, you know, your average season, that's why they called the show 24. You get 24 episodes in a season. Sure. You well, know, I thought it was because it was 24 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, but they, since they have an average of 24 episodes in a season, they figured, well, yeah, this show called 24 should work. Make one season 24, one hour and one, you know. But uh, now they've gotten to the, all these shows. I mean, it's not just Paramount that's doing it. It's uh, Matt Groening's doing it with Disenchantment. Season one, two, and three of Disenchantment are only 10 episodes each. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, I would, it seemed like that show was like very not much to it. So oh, I, I've been enjoying it. Um, I don't know if you have Netflix, but um, it took forever for season three to come out. But um, that was because I was able to I, I didn't get into season one right away or even forgot that it was coming out. So season one and two were already out. So I was able to watch them back to back. But and then there, they were also like a, a lot of stuff. They were delayed because of COVID. But um, yeah, I'm, I, a, I just huh? There's a uh, there's a very uh, it's a Dave uh, it's a very wide open place for them to go with the story of uh, of Picard because we we've kind of told a whole story there with the AI folk, right? We might hear yeah. a little, some more updates about like you know they've been allowed back in the Federation or et cetera, But it's like we think we told a whole story there, and we've we finally given Data a good ending. So now we have the whole the whole thing about uh you know Picard's new oh spoilers, but it's wide <laughs> open, but it's wide open, but it's wide open. 
So it looks like uh, they gave Picard his what? Oh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay, you're not gonna get yeah, into spoilers. I, I, yeah, I don't want to. We already did the spoiler warning. I know, I know. So they gave they gave Picard his uh, his little uh, android body. Yay. Yeah, which uh, we, which we kind of sucks because they can't give Sir Patrick Stewart his data body. I know, but... I know. So we're gonna have to like destroy that body at some point or something. I don't know. Maybe he just disappears. Well, I mean. Somewhere. If you could, you know what? too bad you can't show. give Pat. <laughs> You're right. We should be talking about Picard when we're uh, in know, that season. Let's do that. Do that over there. <laughs> so, how are we going to get 20, 24 episodes for our season uh, when we don't have twenty four episodes to talk about for season two of Discovery? There's so yeah, but there's there's so many things between them. Are we gonna? I guess we're gonna flow straight into. Shall, shall we? Shall we flow straight into discovery and uh, and then come back for the rest? Seems as if we have time. Well, I think um, I keep waffling back and forth on which one we're gonna do. Let's, oh, uh, let's put it up to our, the, after we finish yeah. just finish discovery season two. Yeah, yeah. I think we should definitely flow right into season three because I think you need to see season three. I think and I could use I could use a good I strong rewatch. I mean, I think we should keep with our original plan. That's what our fans are expecting. We already oh, told them enough. that we are Sure, but I mean we can record them in whichever way we want and then release separate release differently. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Are we uh Well so maybe just... we should do our outro really quick so that we can uh yeah, uh, yeah, let's do that. We're going to I mean, discuss the secret we're stuff later. Yes, we're boring, Are we? boring our Maybe audience. They could be on the edge of their seats. <laughs> this could be like the letter writing material. All right, so uh, so we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, we're going to be discussing a different episode of Star Trek. Uh, discovery next time. Yes. So I wasn't ready for which one it was. You know what it was? It's going to be such sweet sorrow. Uh, I think we're going to do both episodes as a one-parter for us, even though it's a two-parter for them. The whole story kind of follows yes right so tune in for a special extra long episode of uh fill in the title of our show here this stuff yeah this stuff right here tea party um universe uh 10 forward uh i don't know if you guys uh <laughs> noticed, but uh that Ooh, sound you that's know what we have us? to do first What's, what do we have to do first go ahead finish what, what do we have to do first we have to discuss the short trek episode uh, uh, because they're they're opening with the previously on Star Trek, uh, okay. and they're showing the plant an extra episode. Uh, okay, so I probably got to do the, the short trek. We got to do the brightest star, and we've got to do. Or we could do uh, it in our extra long. Huh. Uh, we gotta do the brightest star and we've gotta do the uh the Zahian one, which I don't remember the name of. Oh the the one the okay. Wait a minute, so let me let me just okay, no need one, okay. Need one. So there were two there so there was an Emmy one for season two. Were you aware of this? What's that? 
So they, they Star Trek Discovery oh, won an Emmy for season two. Emmy award? Yeah. So they were nominated for three, and they okay. were then they were given an Emmy for outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, limited series, movie, or special. Oddly enough, it comes from the episode called "If Memory Serves." Okay. So when they repeated the very first Star Trek makeup ever. The very first aliens that ever were seen on Star Trek. Mm -hmm. That's when they got the Emmy. Isn't that amusing? Because okay. that's so where we go was, back to Talos Four. Yeah. That's so what was the makeup for the uh, Talosians? Yeah. The, what they got yeah. the Emmy for? I I don't okay. know. It just says outstanding prosthetic uh, makeup for a series, and it mentions for this It's for this episode if memory serves. Oh. So I can't imagine what else, what other prosthetic makeup they have besides Saru. Maybe it's Saru. Could be. Uh, and then there I mean, also little, they uh, also won a Saturn yeah. Award. They won a Saturn Award for uh, best streaming science fiction action and fantasy series. What's a Saturn Award for those? Well, of it's you, a, know. you know, it's one of those. It's a sci-fi Emmy. Oh, okay. I thought that was a Nebula Award or. A oh, that is. So I think that's for books. Oh, okay. So, pretty, pretty cool stuff there. Well, um... Things. Yeah, Jack, this is... You, you've been listening to um, our show, and uh, uh, I am Earl Grey, and this... Or, I, I, was, I was Earl Grey, and I am with... Jack Dorino, that's me, and I was, am, and probably will be Jack Dorino moving forward when we get to the next episode, Star Trek Discovery, Season 2, Episode 13, Such Sweet Sorrow, Parts 1 and 2. We'll see you next time. All right, say goodnight, Jack. Good Support night, Jack. the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.